What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to an early Saturday morning edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. Old friend Derek Montilla is here, all the way out there in the West Coast. But technology is a great thing, so Derek and I can record podcasts again. It's it's great. Gotta love technology, my friend. Mm-hmm. Just like um. Things I love are like how many touchdowns and points the Arizona Cardinals were able to put up against the Los Angeles Rams last week. Oh, that's that's that that was also something I like. What was your favorite? That's not necessary. No, my my favorite podcast was stuff like that. Yeah, like this is really early. This is your. (laughs) I feel like. Uh, this is going to be a bad interview now because you're just starting with this uh, unnecessary aggression. I mean, that was a cheap shot, but um, I'm a big Kyler Murray guy. So it's not, it's not real. Like the diving back stuff. I very much enjoy um, mm-hmm. giving shit mm-hmm. to. And then mm-hmm. honestly, the Suns organization, I, I very much love seeing them fall off a cliff. That's, Oh, don't you, don't, uh, don't go in on the Suns. Don't go on. The, we're going to make the playoffs this year. This no, is a different team. But oh yeah. We're going, we're doing this. No, okay. no. Okay. Wait till Aiden comes you're back. Not. Just wait until Aiden no, comes back. Yeah. No. Anyway. Things get worse with DeAndre Aiden coming back, though. Oh. <sighs> All right. Well, I'll see you, you next like time, Chase. Do you like Jalil Okafor? Do you, do you like Jalil Okafor 2.0? Is he one of your guys? I'll see you next Aiden time, play. Chase. <laughs> anyway. No, actually, you know what? Coffee. The, I'm I'm riled up. I'm riled the, up on Phoenix Sports on a Saturday morning. Yeah, that's fine because I feel like right now is actually a little exciting. I think that there were there was a time where all the franchises seemed pretty hopeless. It seemed like mm-hmm. you were possibly going to lose one or two of them to a different state. So as it stands with the coyotes being in first place in the Pacific division as of recording. And honestly, with the direction the diamondbacks have taken, I just think that uh, things are definitely looking up. The Suns, I think are looking up. Um, and Mm. going back to your thing about the Cardinals, I don't really care that they had a blowout loss particularly. Uh, I think it's kind of whatever they're they're, They should be in tank mode at this point because they're not going to really win anything. I think that, there'll be a big change with this team because I think people were apprehensive about how this whole Kyler Murray Cliff Kingsbury thing was going to work. I think for the most part, people, I wasn't, I thought it was going to be, good. Well, I, think, I, I, think, I think it's great. Well, and also you've got a, you got a franchise quarterback, right? which we, a lot of we, NFL teams would kill for. We like you have Kyler Murray. never had it. Right. And I think that was the best move to, to, and it's no offense, right? But you, you like guys. I like Josh Rosen for instance, right? But I didn't believe in Josh Rosen, right? I just like the aggressive move that the Cardinals made uh, in the trade and the draft to get him. But it wasn't it wasn't a good move and he didn't work out. They recognized that and they didn't waste too much time on it. A lot of people criticized the Cardinals for making that move and said like, oh, look at them, you know, dumping on this quarterback who now, no offense to Rosen, but has kind of become 
a, 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 the laughing stock of the league with Miami. Like Miami's a terrible team, but other quarterbacks have stepped up in in the quarterback role for Miami and proven that they're not as bad as they are when Josh Rosen is is you know behind the the center. So I think that the Cardinals made a really smart move in acquiring Murray. I think he's going to be a tremendous quarterback for a number of years. And I'm I'm happy of with the direction of the team. I think that free agency will be really positive for them. And I think that it'll it'll be different once they have a chance to kind of, you know, attract some talent. Right now the defense is really bad. You know, we have a we have a couple of really key players, but outside of that, there's a lot of help needed. Uh I'm just happy that, you know, like you said, that that franchise quarterback is so important, you know, and it's it's somebody who there was a lot of negative talk about based on, you know, him being two inches too short. Uh, and apparently he's doing just fine. The thing I really like is he's shown a lot of maturity in his first year as a rookie. And he's already setting, he's set records for the team. And like, he's on pace to break like quarterback records within three seasons. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with him. And yeah, even with the blowout loss, I'm, I'm happy with the direction of the team. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I think this is what more teams are going to start doing anyway. Is like if they like, even if you take a quarterback in the first round one year and then you, it just, the bottom falls out. And a lot of it wasn't Josh Rosen's fault. He played behind one of the worst offensive lines in football history with Justin Pugh, Andre Smith, that just Rolodex, a rookie center. Like it was, sure. he was set up for failure and they were like top 10 and off, uh, worst offensive DVOAs of all time. Like the offensive coordinator got fired mid season. Like there were just all kinds of variables that were against him. And a lot of those same variables are against him in uh, Miami. So I'm not ready to write him off. I just think no quarterback, no. unlike Kyler, who can play behind a bad offensive line, like Russell Wilson, guys like that, that can move around in the pocket better and avoid bad hits and just do stuff when they're under fire. A lot of quarterbacks can't do that. Kirk Cousins can't do it. But you can still win with guys like that. It right. just You have to have the right kind of space for those guys to flourish. And Arizona was never going to be that um, for Rosen. So I think it's fine. And you got Kyler, so it's, it's okay. Yeah, I agree with you about Rosen, though. I I don't give up on him yet. I still think there's a lot of talent there. It just it's unfortunate, and you'll you'll never know how these early years impacted his career. You know, a lot of guys get the chance as a rookie to sit and watch another quarterback play. Not everybody is expected to come in and start right away. Not everybody, and I think he's one of those guys. I think he probably needed some time sitting behind a, a veteran quarterback and and having a chance to learn a little bit before. Uh, you know, having the chance to start. And he's also been on two terrible teams. The The Cardinals last year were so terrible like that. You want to talk about hopelessness that it was that last season. It was like four games into the season last year. I had no hope. I, you know, like I was ready to start taking fat heads off my wall and pack them up because it just felt like there was not going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And they turn things around really quickly, you know, I think. And I think the big thing is not, you know, recognizing things aren't working and, and making those changes instead of long-term commitment to a, a coach and a quarterback that are really struggling, you know, with showing no signs of promise. Speaking of things that showed no signs of promise, Friday Night SmackDown. Um, no, no signs of promise. Um, unless you're a big, like, dog food guy. And uh, you love seeing the big dog get some dog food um, pushed in his uh, general vicinity. 
tune in every week for what Baron Corbin is going to do next. Yeah. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. Well, I've written about this multiple times. I don't know what people expected. Like this isn't even in my notes, but like I hate SmackDown. I hate its existence. I, I it sucks because I very much enjoyed Tuesday Night SmackDown, especially their early run there. Um, but what did you think was going to happen? What What did you think that moving this to Friday on network television, Vince McMahon's new baby, was going to be like? Like, did Shorty G not tell you enough? Did Did you not like? What did you think SmackDown was going to be? Did you think it was actually going to be something that you very much were like? Ooh, love this. This is some great content, folks. Well, first of all, I am kind of like what you were saying. Like, I liked SmackDown. I thought SmackDown was a substantially better show. Um, like a lot of people, I was the NXT is on the on the network is is best in my opinion. But SmackDown was better than Raw. Uh, is and that just WWE, or are you saying across the board that NXT is the best? Um, I feel that NXT is the best show. Yes. Across the board. Really? Yeah. More than dynamite. Yeah. I would say that. Okay. I'd say that, but I'll, I'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really don't know what happened with SmackDown. I, I, I don't think it's terrible. I think that there is a definite lack of talent, which is surprising, right? With the number of guys that they have in their system, with the number of guys on NXT that are ready. Yes. That's this is a very good point. That's the thing that's that's surprising to me. I think that Because they could fix it. It's they right They could there. fix you it really it easily. Together. Adam Cole, the well, Adam Cole main event against Daniel Bryan. Like uh, you saw that. That was the best smackdown of the year. Let's be honest. The Saudi Arabia situation made uh uh, uh <laughs> made for the perfect scenario in a Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know they were already when a plan comes together. First. Right. And I know I know all of that was already going to happen. So I don't think it's as it wasn't as like, oh, we got to we got to think of something quick. We need to have NXT involved with Survivor Series. They already had that plan. So when you already had that groundwork kind of laid out, you're like, well, we're just going to make that happen tonight. And we're going to make it happen in a bigger way because we were probably just going to have like one or two guys show up in a sly way here or there, but instead they just had the full on invasion angle of SmackDown on that particular episode. And maybe that's skewing my view because when you say that SmackDown has been bad, I'm thinking back over the past couple of months and I'm like, eh, it hasn't been that bad, but it really wasn't bad because of the inclusion of the storylines from survivor series post survivor series. Things have been really bad and I don't understand why I don't understand how, like even with guys that I really like, like Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, uh, the ripping of Daniel Bryan's hair out last week, I was like, come on. Like, what is going on, man? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not one of those things that excites me and makes me want to watch the next episode. I guess there's a little morbid curiosity out of it, but there's also this curiosity as to why they continue to put all of this time and effort into bad characters and bad storylines that time after time haven't worked right like lana and and lashley and the king court oh, no. stuff i love this hold on i love the lana lashley russo no i would watch it for no. a full year no you're the, the you're part of the problem you're the guy it's watching the it on youtube giving it all those views absolutely i love it Eh. I like I'm a sucker like friend of the pod Maxwell from RBR wrestling. He made this point of like just in like incomprehensible uh, police 
for rest angles yeah. on professional wrestling television yeah. are always cool. Well, I, I love it. It's, I'm all about it's, it. It's it's kind of like whodunits are always cool, even when they're bad. Yes. They're always cool. You know, mystery, intrigue. The whole show shouldn't be booked around it, but also Rusev is much better off for it because guess what? This is the only way for Rusev to get out of the 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 WWE thing where it's like if you're foreign guess what you're gonna be foreign forever like hey look at this guy did you know he is from ireland did you know this person is from mexico did you know this person was from scotland the scottish cyborg whatever but rusev has gotten away from it because they put him in a real human storyline he got a john cena randy orton normal ass storyline where he's able to just be a normal human being just a, and he's better off for just it. Has, just a normal got raised normal red-blooded american man that his wife left him for uh yeah classic uh, yeah, cooking. cooking yeah i am saying but can, like do you get what i'm saying where like i just think that now he's able to be a real character and like they're actually tr- letting him be just a normal person like alexander rusev is a person not just guy from bulgaria like this is important for him. So like, well, it's important I for him. Big Rusev guy, and he's better off for it's it. It's important for him in the same way that years and years ago on the steel cage, we were such huge fans of Big E, and this is pre All right, the new day, right? And Big E was doing Instagram videos that were hilarious when they were still having him be a bodyguard character. That was all super yeah. serious and tough guy. And mm. we, re- I remember us constantly talking about like Big E is funny and weird and they should let him be that on TV. Yes. And then you see the success that it's had. Rusev is the same way, right? Rusev's yes. too big of a character. He's too funny. We've seen him on Total Divas just be himself and be just this weird, hilarious guy. So I think that's the big thing is, is you're right. Mm. You need to find some way to highlight that because you have plenty of guys to be the big tough guy. Plenty, mm-hmm. plenty, plenty waiting in the wings, plenty in NXT. They actually have too many big brooding tough guys in, in NXT, you know? So yeah. that role is going to be filled by someone that does it better than Rusev does anymore. You know, um, Rusev's not the big guy that he was either. He's slimmed down. He's slim, trim, sexy. Rusev, He's toned. Right? He looks great. He looks great. I personally love the mustache. I hope he brings that back. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't know if you're going down the road of like he needs to get on the Peloton bike. Nah, like, no, whoa, no, no, whoa, whoa. no, no, okay. no. I'm not buying him a Peloton bike for Christmas. <laughs> I'm just saying that he is uh, definitely a character that could benefit, especially from splitting up with Lana. I think that you know. I disagree. I, I think this goes down the road of them getting back together. Well, yeah, because the and and she'll be face maybe. I don't know, but she's she's just terrible, and and it's so great she's terrible. She had a, like a, they gave her a ten minute monologue promo where she, her pacing and everything about it was incomprehensibly oh, stupid. It was a and just it was a Donald Trump speech. It was awful. It was, but I loved every second sure. of it. I was like, "This is terrible. This is unbelievable." You have Alexa Bliss out there in the back com- and doing these little tweets where she's like, "Remember when I used to be able to do monologues with Moment of Bliss?" Because Alexa Bliss is actually very good at it. Oh yeah, she's it, but fantastic. she's not doing it anymore. Yeah. And Lana's terrible at it, and they're letting her do it. But she's so terrible where it's like, "This is enjoyable." Like Charlotte promos are terrible, and you're like, "Oh, just no, 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 no. This is boring," and like you're just not good at this. You should never 
do this. I don't know. I would let Lana. I like. I like. I like Lana Charlotte's every week. I like Charlotte's arrogant promos. Those are always good. It's just anything else where she when t- she's trying to be a baby face. When she's <laughs> trying to be a baby face, yeah, it comes off as pretty, pretty. It's not her fault. I just think that's like her personality. It's just you know those people like that just were always good athletes and they were just so focused on being the best athlete yeah. that they just didn't have enough time to develop a personality. The other. Yeah, yeah, I think that's who she is. Sure, I get that. And that's not a shot. I'm really not taking a shot at Charlotte. Like, she's a very good wrestler. She's just bland no, as a personality. It's actually a, a fact because I think when I'm around pro athletes, sometimes I'm actually surprised by how, I don't know, like juvenile their sense of humor can be, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, like... I, if you know me, you you know I'm juvenile, and you know I love yes. some good, uh, ridiculous humor, no matter what in what shape, any shape or form, right? But like, there are some things that I've seen athletes laugh at that I've only seen like eight year olds laugh at, you know. And I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. hmm. you know, it's things like that, and then like a lack of like I don't know, uh, like on Twitter when 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 you think about athletes that are good at Twitter, it's few and far between. Most are pretty bad, uh, and most are pretty bland, and I, I think that just coincides with that. It's it's no offense to them; they were probably very popular and had lots of friends and very good looking and didn't have to try like the rest of us to be funny or, you know, uh, at least be uh, able to hold a conversation, which I'm not even able to do right now. So, um, but they they definitely have you know that that trait amongst them. I just don't know. I don't know if Charlotte's that bad at it. I think that there's just people who are better at being a heel than being a face. I don't think, I think that's the biggest problem sometimes with wrestling is when they want to just randomly try to switch things up just for the fun of it. And the person is no good at being the other thing, but then they excel at being like a heel. Right. But, well, no, we want to do a face turn. No, no, not everybody can do that. Right. Some people are just going to be better at being a heel. Uh, For instance, I think that they did an excellent job at at turning Seth heel and not really being super ridiculously obvious about it, but also kind of going Mm -hmm. with the nature of how the crowd has started to feel about him over the past, you know, two months. Seth has become a little insufferable at times in real life and all the time, all the time, but mostly on, like, <laughs> mostly sometimes he's been really insufferable. And mm. I think that they made a really smart move. And I don't know if that was the plan. I don't know if Seth no, worked no, us and laid the groundwork by being a douche on Twitter. I don't know, but it all kind of worked out uh, because if they did just notice that people were like kind of losing interest in him and they decided to go in the heel direction, uh, it, it's, it's a smart turn because, Seth's at that point where we're kind of sick of him and this is this I am worried though with him making the turn I mean Kevin Owens is Raw's top baby face now right like it's either him or Rusev it's gotta be Um, it's gotta be Kevin if you're talking about top baby face that would like challenge for the title then yeah the title that's not there on the show yeah I mean I still think the money is in Rusev versus Lesnar at Royal Rumble you're so to get to that point you're so what Yes. What have you been Rusev, drinking in your coffee? What are you talking uh, Like, Rusev has been 
the biggest character on Monday Night Raw for the last oh. couple of months. Like, this is his show. Like, he is in the biggest storyline on the show. Yeah. Lesnar's going to be away for a little bit. No. After Lashley, after he goes through Lashley, the next obvious step is Lesnar. Like, that's the natural progression of the story, is him defeating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and Raw is Rusev. All right, I'll see you next time, Chase. That's the fruition. Oh. Are you against the idea of it, or that like it's just not realistic? It's not. Which one? It's not realistic. Then what is the point of this entire storyline? Why are you making the show revolve around it? Like, why is this the biggest storyline on the show for the last several months? Like, what is the point of building up Rusev as this normal top babyface guy if you're not going to pull the trigger on him as the as a potential top babyface on the show? Like, you already lost Balor. You lost all these guys. Like, you don't have a lot of top babyface options there's not a lot of people like Rey mysterio had his shot and like he had the best match at survivor series and now he's gone for a little bit i mean he's the united states champion but he's out of that top babyface picture and i guess with lesnar being away he can still do that um but i just you don't have a lot of guys in that show that people can cheer they tried to do it with humberto who i like a lot but the crowd wasn't behind him they tried it with cedric the crowd wasn't behind him like it's they're running out of options and i think the crowd just naturally likes Rusev, and I love Kevin Owens, but I don't think there is as much interest in Owens versus Lesnar as there would be for Rusev versus Lesnar. I I disagree. I disagree. That's great. Great th- podcasting. So yeah. why do you like why why is Kevin Owens better off being the guy to take down Lesnar? Because I think I Kevin, think Kevin Owens, Owens versus Rollins is great. Because he's speaking for the fans, like his facial features and like him just calling out his phony promo and stuff. Like they're great foils for each other. But for Lesnar in particular, I just think Rusev makes a lot more sense. He doesn't because nobody cares about (laughs) Rusev like that. Nobody thinks Rusev believably has a chance to beat Brock Lesnar. So what's the point of having that match? No one's no one. Why? Why? Because Rusev's WrestleMania. Yeah. Did he win? No. Did he win? A champ- when's, how many championships has Rusev racked up? That's a good question. I don't even know. You could tell me like seven U.S. title reigns, and I believe it doesn't matter because none of them are world championship runs. None of them are. I mean, Owens only guy. had one, right? Uh, one. Well, yeah, but he's also NXT champion. He's also won every. Those don't count. Camp. Those don't matter. You, those don't matter. That's a main roster show now, sir. So all of those. Not when he was doing it. No one knows. They all count now. Uh, no, so, Sami Zayn is literally a jobber and w- had like one of the best NXT runs of all time. No, like Bo Dallas was an NXT champion. No, those don't matter. None of that matters. Bo Dallas's championship matters, sir. Uh, does it? Yeah, yeah, it counts. It counts. <laughs> so okay, I think that the other thing is is that Kevin Owens is a better story. Kevin Owens is already a main event guy where Rusev isn't. I'm not saying that. F- having a program with Brock Lesnar wouldn't make Rusev a main event guy, even in a loss, but it still isn't enough. It's not enough for it to be a marquee matchup, right? That would be something that they would have on raw. You know, I disagree. Uh, I, well, you can disagree all you want, but it's not a marquee matchup. Rusev isn't a big enough name to be a main event on Royal rumble. Kevin Owens is, and that's the difference. Mm. I, I, so you would, I, I think Rusev has to win the Rumble. If if you want Rusev to win the Rumble, that's a different story. I would be okay with that. And I think that a lot of people would enjoy that, in fact. As long you know as what else I like? Did that so- he's only 33 years old. 
all these old guys. Like he's still someone you can build around. No, he, his best days are in front. No, of No, he's thirty three years old. He is in athlete years. He's like three years away from retirement. AJ Styles is like forty nine. That's AJ Dustin Styles. Dustin Rhodes is out here having t- five star matches on AEW every since week. 19, and he's sixty three. Since nineteen ninety five, he's been having five star matches on some night of the week. Um, but yeah, no. can I just say ten seconds on Dustin Rhodes? That dude is incredible. And his match this week uh, with the Bucks um, versus Inner Circle was a banger. And that dude got had the crowd in the palm of his hands. And just, that guy's great. Shout out I to am, Dustin Rhodes. I am amazed by, I okay, I love Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Goldust was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. When I was a kid, he was one of the things that attracted me back to WWE when I left uh, when I jump, when I jump ship to WCW, he's one of the things that got me back along with stone cold, Steve Austin, because it was just weird and interesting and, and different, you know? And so that's the kind of stuff I started to, to gravitate towards back to WWF. Uh, I thought before, before that, I thought it was all too, like for too much for little kids felt like WCW was the cool, like older wrestling fan wrestling. And gold dust is one of the things that brought me back. So. I have always enjoyed his matches, enjoyed his promos, enjoyed his work. Yet I am amazed by how little credit I give him in AEW because he'll have a match that is advertised. And I'm always kind of like, meh, you know, I give him, I give him it mentally. I give him the, you know, old timer kind of checkoff in, in my head. And then I watch the match and it's the greatest match of the night. You know, the match with Cody. I was there for it, double or nothing. And it was, it was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And the post-match promo and everything, I had goosebumps. I had tears. I had all of it. All those, all those emotions that you should actually feel sometimes when watching wrestling, I had. And it was from a match that I had literally just crossed off on my mental checklist of, of being excited about that night because it just wasn't. There were other matches I was more interested in seeing, you know. And that ended up stealing the show on, on Wednesday this week. It, it, he did it again. First of all, showing up with the young bucks tassels. Come on, give it up. Yeah. Give it up for that right away. But everything he did in that match, just how hard he can still go. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing what that guy can do in the rings. Not to mention, I still don't think that the bucks get enough credit for being as, as great as they are. They, they're just a ridiculously good tag team. The, be- yeah. the best, the best, uh, they're not the best. They're the best. But the Lucha Bros are the best. They are not the best. I love the Lucha Bros. Trust me, I love them. But the, the Lucha, Lucha Bros, Bros are better. The Lucha Bros have lost a step, and I don't think people are willing. No, to- what? Yes. What? Yes. What take is this? The take is is that I've been watching. Did you watch? I've been watching Pentagon since Lucha Underground days. Look, I know when I see they lost a step. Ray Phoenix, who's like twenty years old, losing a step. Not Ray Phoenix. I'm gonna. I'm going to take a shot at Pentagon here and say Pentagon doesn't okay. as hard as he used to. I'm not going to say, but I of Shinsuke Nakamura. What you're thinking of Shinsuke Nakamura. That's also very true, but Shinsuke works for a very comfortable company that doesn't really want him to go hard in the paint. Yeah. As AEW, these guys seem to be doing it every week. Well, kind of, they don't have to do house shows. They don't have to do the circuit that they has to do. Like they, they can go hard for those 15 minute stretches because also they might not wrestle again for another month. That's very true. 
Like there's just a rotation. So like they can do that, which I think is better for the product as a whole. Cause you never know who's going to show up and who's going to be competing week in, week out. Um, but no, the, the Lucha bros are the best uh, tag team in the world. All right. Well, you're wrong, but I will say, <laughs> and also, I will say you're, you know, who's not the best tag team in the world, the tag team champions in AEW SCU and Christopher Daniels just did not get a lot. I don't like the pairing of him and Pentagon. That was not the best thing uh, they could do. <laughs> yeah. But Trent Phoenix, great pairing because Trent's really great good. Pair. And um, I'm glad he was able to work with Phoenix this week. On uh, He's getting a little bit of an angle where he's getting feisty, kind of like a better version of Hawkins and Ryder. But um, I don't know. I, I think they're great. And I think that they should have won the tournament and they should also um, keep rising up. Also, Private Party is shooting up the rankings because they're just they throw out bangers all the time. Now I'll I'll take a couple of of knocks. Also, Kyle O'Reilly and Bob, and uh, Roderick Strong, they are maybe up there. Sure, sure, but not Bobby Fish. Don't don't do don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, he's just not as good. He's not. He, They're just better without him. That's not a tag team, though. Yes, it is. They were tag team champions for a long time. Red Dragon. Red. No, not as good as Roddy and Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, Much man, better. I don't. Not even close. Like it's really not even close. I feel like you bring me on this show just to argue with you. This is all I hate you so much. Okay, but that's fine. You can say whatever. Um, I, I, well, because Roddy is in general a more exciting wrestler than either of those guys, and Kyle O'Reilly, right? Uh, I think Kyle's the most exciting of the three. See, you just want to argue with me. No, I love Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, um, I will. I will. Kyle O'Reilly is awesome. I, I'm going to say this about AEW is that they mm. have. Still a long way to go, and I'm just hoping that people don't lose interest before they have a chance to really. And I don't think they ratings are up this week. Their ratings are up, uh, but I also think that you know it's it's definitely catering to a certain audience, right? And that's what we kind of the audience that I want because wrestling shows are better when it's 18 to 49 demo. It's just better. The crowd's hot. Like kids don't chant. They don't do like that's I am not saying it's wrong to invest and do the Disney like when WWE says that Disney's their rival, not another pro wrestling promotion. I get it. That's a better business model, but from a viewing perspective and just a fan going perspective, like it's just not as fun because you're just like, "Oh, there's a bunch of little kids around here that don't know what's going on really, that just cheer for people and like AEW shows are just always going to be better, and because for me, for me, just because they are catering to what I like, and also when you have a, all adults in the stands in their twenties and thirties, and like it's just going to be more fun because they're louder, they're more obnoxious, they get into the show, and also it's only two hours, but it's just better. The experience as a whole is better. Here's the thing: I remember watching the clip from bash at the beach in 1996 and seeing Hulk Hogan, um, turn, right. Uh, join the, the, join the NWO, say the things that he said to the crowd, all of that. At the time I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And to me at 15, that was the most hilarious, greatest thing I had ever seen in my entire life. I thought Hulk Hogan, telling the crowd that they were a bunch of chumps uh, for taking their, you know, vitamins and saying their prayers and all of this shit. Uh, and just literally telling little kids, screw you. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. Right. And I mean, I'm not saying that I was a little kid. I was 15, but still, even at 15, 
that that was the content that I wanted, right? That was what drug me back into wrestling. I had a, a gap in wrestling from where I was about 10, uh, maybe a little bit older to that point, right? So the entire Hulk Hogan turning on, you know, the, the world was what made me start watching WCW. So we're, we're talking about my whole wrestling history here today as a fan, but you know, and so I'm just saying like, that was because it was, there was cursing involved and it was doing the unconventional thing of like literally having this heroic guy turn heel and tell a bunch of kids to screw off. I loved it. I, I wanted it injected directly into my veins. So that just goes to show how even a younger audience than that demographic is fully on board with something like this, right? You know, I, I mean, they, they still have their, their things that are, you know, kind of petty and stupid. They had a dumb commercial that talked all about AEW blowing NXT out in the ratings, which was ridiculous because they were catering to casual fans that aren't really wrestling fans. And the only thing you're really making people who don't know about wrestling do is go, what's an NXT, you know, like at no point in any of their, uh, attacks, did they mention like beating WWE, which people would recognize as like a significant thing. They just did the NXT thing. Right. But I think both shows are the same thing, right? Both shows are catering to an older audience they they're both really successful well, NXT to a very specific audience. The seniors, the boomers love NXT. They do. Yeah. That's my favorite thing is like, they do really well in the like 60 and up demographic. Oh my God. I didn't know that, but that's hilarious. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I like, I would expect NWA power to do that. Not NXT, but, uh, I, I think that, AW still has, like I said, some dumb things, right? Like this week they have Jungle Boy taking on Chris Jericho. Jungle Boy, who has not won a single match in AW. That is awesome. Is taking on the champion, which is yeah, no, he's awesome. I'm not I'm not a, a Jungle Boy or like a Marco Stunt hater. I love both of those guys. I think they're fantastic and I totally again, if if you want to talk about diversifying you're killing the business. Uh, no, they are not killing the business at all, especially when uh, Jungle Boy is winless in his career at AEW. I think that actually is exactly what you would expect. And when Jungle Boy does win a big match against, say, Jericho, it's going to be like an all-time moment. But it still contradicts their whole like record system and people getting shots at stuff and that kind of thing, right? Uh, Can I give you the NXT thing real quick, by the way? Just sure, please. Just pull it up just to blow your mind. So NXT... Uh, their uh, percentage based on like out of a hundred, whatever, forty percent of their viewing demographic is fifty plus. <laughs> hey, somebody, somebody's that got not amazing. That's pretty amazing, I actually. It. I, I love I'm, it. I'm blown away by that. <laughs> boomers, they love NXT. Boomers, anyway. I wonder yeah. if Boomers love Samoa Joe on commentary because I know I do. Samo- I love Samoa Joe on commentary yeah. because guess what? Who had Samoa Joe was actually going to be Taz on their Ooh, uh, wrestling prediction yeah, no. in 2004? I'll say that one. He does need to wrestle again. No, Why? Have, He's never winning the title. Having, having it's over. Having Samoa Joe and uh, and Nigel McGuinness as commentators on two shows really makes me feel old. Like that shit. Yeah, feel old. Because I feel like I I feel like I missed both of those guys' like 
main event runs, but they never really had them. You know, that, that's the that's the heartbreaking part. But they're both excellent at what they do. Uh, they're they're very needed. You know, like so, Samoa Joe has just this great. Not only does he have an amazing voice, but he has this great ability to just be unconventional in his point of view on what's going on in wrestling matches. He's not necessarily a heel commentator. He's heel adjacent. You know, he definitely leans in the direction of always enjoying the violence and such, but he doesn't always go in the direction of just being like, yeah, everything the heels doing is great and everything the face is doing is yeah. stupid. So he, he did a, he did an excellent job at balancing and, and adding to it. Plus like he's talked a lot, right? And I'm not saying it was a bad thing. He really carried the show on Monday because yeah. there, I don't know. There wasn't a lot of commentary from the other two. And so I remember. Well, Jerry Lawler doesn't watch the product. Right. So Jerry Lawler doesn't have a lot to add. So he can only do um, just like little things like, oh, I used to say this in 2004. Yeah. That's Fun- all he can funny do. Funny little things are like, yeah, you're right about that, Vic. You know. And Vic's still figuring it out. Like right. Vic is still new. He's Vic's he's doing it. Ex- Vic's good. Yeah. I thought yeah, Vic, I like a lot. I thought he's Dio fine. did a great job too, to be honest. Uh, Dio didn't say anything in it. Like he just was, <laughs> he fell into the David Otunga trap where, and this is the problem with three man boost anyway, is someone's going to get left out. Beth Phoenix deals with this on NXT. Yeah, it's going to be, but, it's going to be that guy. Yeah. It's going to be the third wheel. Right. But I'm just saying, yes. I, I don't know. I, I was kind of anti this new team. I, I was like, man, this is, this is the a show. And you're giving us basically two. Well, I think it's the B show now. Well, that's what I was accusing it of being earlier. Uh, mm. And I and you have the two, you know, completely new guys that most people don't know at all. And, and then Jerry Lawler. And it just didn't seem like it made a lot of sense to me. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess they like the pairing of Cole and and Graves together. Wasn't the thing that Fox requested Cole? Probably. I don't know. Fox could probably. Sure. But Cole's not there. Like, hopefully what I want for Fox is Tom Phillips and Corey Graves. That's it. Like, Tom Phillips is great. And I'm glad he's back on the next day because eh, this is maybe a take, but Tom Phillips is a much better commentator than Mara Ronaldo. Oof. NXT is a lot better with Tom Phillips. Hmm. Disagree? Uh, of course I do. Because it's an, it because you're you because you have an opinion on something, so since you have an opinion on it, I naturally disagree with your opinion. Wow, man, they they come from an honest place. Like right. these are my honest, thoughtful opinions. That no, I'm uh, it's oh, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not doing it on well. I'm not just trying to be mean. I am. I'm, these I'm, are just I'm how I feel. Trying to be combative. I'm not trying to be aggressive at all. I didn't come out of the gate swinging at you. Why are you yelling crappy at me, sports team. Why? You're, you're, <laughs> what happened? What happened to your Falcons? Uh, they're not good. At no, football. they're not. But they've won more games, I think, than the Cardinals. Shut game. up! I don't know. <laughs> Matt Ryan's trash, and he ruined my fantasy football season. Anyway, um, yeah. What else? That's a good way of wrapping yeah, up. Yeah, right. You're just yelling it because usually I'm the one yeah. who gets yelled ah! funk at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Derek. Well, we can listen to you on the steel cage. How often does that come out? Once, twice? I don't know. How many times a week? Do you still do the snacks? Thing? Yeah, we Are you yeah, still oh, yeah. some snacks. Oh, yeah. the, the snacks thing is more often than the steel cage these days. We've splintered across the country, but uh, yeah, basically check out Derek and Tim eat snacks. We eat and rate snacks. It's pretty simple. And then uh, you cover Arizona sports. I do. I cover the. You're a very busy Arizona guy. You down. do everything. I don't know how you have time. I, I don't. I don't either. I don't either. I I, I barely know my child. <laughs> We see each other on the weekends sometimes. She's a pretty cool person. <laughs>
<laughs> well, I hope you get to know her a little bit better. Um, it's the holidays. Yeah, it's the holidays. Just take a little break. Be like, oh, I, I recognize you. What we kind of look alike. What, what's going on there? Um, all right. Well, Derek, I appreciate the time. As always, sir, it's always good to reconnect. Um, I will talk to you again soon. Yes, thank you, Chase. Thank you for insulting my teams and having me on to argue with you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.